More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Three, two, one. Welcome to Hank Haney Podcast. Steve Johnson, the great predictor, along with, uh, what's his name? Minnesota, Minnesota Tim. Tim Parashka. He's, he's the one that makes those noises behind the scenes there. I'm not sure what that, what is that, Tim? Special the effect. noises. It's all about getting the listener amped for the Saturday Strong. I want us to be different. I want us to stand out among the podcasts. We're the Saturday Strong, the great predictor, Steve Johnson and Minnesota Tim Parashka. We're a little awkward. We're a little weird. We tell it like it is. We we cut straight through the bullshit, and we're just straight honest. Okay, well, let's get to it then. What do you think of David Duval playing in this tournament? The the Pebble Beach, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. No Pro-Am, just Pebble Beach, yep. just Spyglass Hill, yep. just this the This is players. the week of David Duval. He always plays in this tournament. I looked at his uh, finishes in the last five tournaments in this event, and last year he didn't miss the cut which is pretty remarkable. Do you, do you, do you know what he did? What did he do? He WD'd. Oh. <laughs> he, he didn't miss the cut last year, but he WD'd. But the okay. years prior in 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, and I think 2015 as well, he missed all of those cuts in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And uh, this is the week of David Duvall. This is your favorite player on the PGA Tour. He's basically like a club pro trying to play in a PGA Championship event, don't you think? Well, he has a full-time job. He's an analyst now, so he has to do his research. He's out at the tournaments. He's he's seeing the guys playing. And that's one of the things that when you go to a lot of tournaments and you see how easy these guys make it look, Tim, yep. they, th- they make it look like, hey, I can do that. And I'm sure when David Duvall goes out and plays at his home club or whenever he's home, he plays with his buddies, that he plays well. But there's a big difference between playing club golf and playing tournament golf at the highest levels. And, uh, you know, David Duvall yesterday, he started on the back nine. No, we're coming, we're taping, we're filming, not, uh, we're filming. 
recording. Recording. Yeah, recording. There it is. Yeah, your vocab's a little off this morning. This session on Friday morning early. So they they played one round. David Duvall played at Pebble Beach, and he started out on the back nine, which is 10, 11, 12, all the way up through 14 are tough holes right on the water. And David Duvall goes bogey, bogey, par, bogey is his start. He has one birdie on his front nine and, and five bogeys. He shoots 40. He's on his way to a snowman, which a snowman is an 80. Eight with two two loops and then a, a zero. So oh, okay. three, Thanks for describing three zeros. 80 yeah. is a snowman. Okay. And then he makes bogey on uh, bogeys one hole on the front nine, shoots 77. And he's on his way again to... Just he's not going to WD, I don't think. Okay. Do you think he'll shoot eighty in the second round? Let's see, let's hear a great predictor. Let's hear a great prediction from the great predictor early. Well, he played Pebble Beach the first round. The guys were tearing it up. What uh, Patrick Cantley shot ten under. Yeah. At Pebble Beach. <laughs> Couple guys shot eight under. Jordan Spieth shot five under. Uh, he played the easier course yesterday. The, the conditions were very very nice. I had a friend that played the week before, and now the weather can change. But my buddy said it was short sleeve weather at Pebble Beach in, on in February, if you can believe that or not. He said the conditions were absolutely perfect. They were perfect yesterday for scoring. And David Duval shoots what does he shoot seventy seven? He shoots shoots five over. He goes to Spyglass Hill on Friday. Much tougher course. Dog legs, elevated greens. Uh, the greens are bigger, so I mean he's going to have more chance to put. Putting is typically the strong suit of his game. His ball striking in recent years hasn't been too good. He's been all over the place. But did you know, Tim? Yesterday at Pebble Beach, he was minus six point three strokes gained putting. He lost six shots to everyone in the field in his putting in his in his in his short stick. Maybe you should try putting left-handed then. Um, I know we would say, I mean, first we would need to see if he was a, a yipper. I'm not sure that he is a yipper. There's a great story about David Duvall. He came out to the golf ranch in McKinney, and he wanted some help from Hank. Hank was helping Tiger at the time, and he came out with his caddy. And I've told, I've told this story before, but here's a little little twist in the story. His caddy was telling me that he's still putting with the putter that he shot 59 with. <laughs> okay. Now he noticed, he noticed that there was a little kink in the shaft of the putter. So he sent it back to Titleist to get it reshafted and it changed the whole feel of the putter. He's never putted the same since. Um, and David Duvall, historically, even as a junior golfer, I caddied for a player who played against him in the U.S. Junior in the semifinals. And David Duvall is a damn, used to be a damn good putter. Why do you think he plays in this tournament, though? I mean, don't you think it's a little bit embarrassing for the guy? You know, I I, I think that he's there's not really no nothing to gain for him other than the fact that he he's a guy that loves competition. Uh, he loves you, you can see his banter back and forth with Brandel Chambly on the in the uh, what was it from the range on uh, during the majors. Uh, what do they call that when they do the, the live uh, the, from? The, yeah, that there you is? go. There you go. Live from when they do the live from it's uh, there's a banner back and forth. There's arguing. There's uh, there's it's personal feelings in there as well. David Duvall usually comes with, well, you've never been there, Brandel. So how would you know? You know, so it kind of tries to shut him up. Yeah. But uh, David Duvall, nothing to win, everything to lose. And 
I have absolutely no idea why he's playing in this tournament. <laughs> I love the return of David Duval. Duval, Double D coming back at Pebble Beach. It's a talking point yearly between the great predictor Steve Johnson and I, Minnesota Tim. We've got a loaded show. we got a lot to talk about. Coming up next, I don't well, know. Before, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, before we before we end, you had a matchup for Hank. Yeah, you had a matchup for Hank. And I just want to review that. Now, the matchup was David Duvall against John Daly. Yes, it now, was. John, we know John Daly's had some health issues, and he's got some personal issues. And he has some clothing issues. And you gave him that match. So it was even up, that match? Was that? What was that? Well, was it even up? You just said, who who do you think is going to win yeah. between these two guys? Yeah. And so what, what was Hank's insight on that? Hank thought John Daly, um, and I was surprised by that because Hank was trying to analyze. Hank was trying to analyze who would WD first because David Duvall and John Daly have a history. Your, your, your hair looks pretty good, Steve. By the way, your hair looks nice. You know, it looks fresh. You know, nice little comb over looks good. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, Hank was trying to analyze who was going to WD, who would make it through the golf tournament, and Hank said that John Daly is a better player than David Duvall. So he went hmm. with David. He went with uh, John Daly. Okay, he's not looking too good right now. John Daly shot shot eight over, and uh, David Duvall is five over. John Daly's he's apt to give up too. I mean, he's he's uh, he could walk off the course. He shot a snowman, Steve, which means it's an eight with with a loop and then another loop on it. Yeah, we already heard that. We already heard that one. Yeah, oh, I was just so, letting you know. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, and he's not he's not the high score in this tournament either. Uh, both of those guys played Spyglass Hill, and David Duvall played Pebble Beach. So we'll see. You know, it's it's uh, it's like doing the, uh, the the Olympics, where one one skater's on the outside ring and the other skater's on the inside ring, and you can't tell what's going on until they both get the two rounds in. So uh, it's going to be close, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great analogy there, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> well, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that look for? Why are you why are you being a yeah? Well, see, we're coming to so uh, Tim and I use the Squadcast this uh, platform so we can see each other, and he's always uh, giving me the finger and he's, you <laughs> oh know he's just That's doing what stuff you're like doing that. To me. So you know it too. Quit lying. Quit lying to the audience. So we, we've got to talk about my favorite player before we go to this break. Though we've only been into it a little over eight minutes. So we got to talk about Hunter Mahan, who's had by far the best start uh, since his restart of his career. Uh, he's he's only the only reason he's playing this year. He's uses his lifetime money exemption, so he's high enough in the lifetime earnings. I think he's thirty five million, something like that, thirty two million dollars, and so he has a one time shot that he he has no status on the tour other than he's a past winner, he's a past Ryder Cupper, he's a past Presidents Cupper. Um, so he was hoping for exemptions, but in order to get a full season in, what he's done is he's used this lifetime exemption. It's a one-time deal and it's finally paying off, Tim. It's yeah. finally paying off. He's five got, uh, he's five under, played Pebble Beach yesterday. He goes to, he goes to Spyglass Hill today. We'll see how he does. And, uh, it looks like th- this year, because there's no amateurs, they're probably going to play. They're only playing two courses instead of three. And, it looks like they're going to go 36 holes in a cut and then go to Pebble Beach. Hmm. Okay. Pretty good, huh? Qu- quick question for you, Steve. Is that a cactus behind you, a Christmas tree, or like a palm tree? What, what's it's a palm tree. You? It's a palm, palm tree. tree. Is it it's actually? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, a palm wow. tree. 
Holy crap, that's crazy. We got oh, indoor plants here at the the Johnson compound. All right, let's take our first break. We got a loaded show um, coming up next. We want to talk about Steve's most valuable player on the golf course. That's what we're going to talk about next. And later on, we're going to talk about Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth. And if we have time, we're going to talk about Valentine's Day gifts. That's coming up this Sunday. Speaking of Valentine's, Hank's got some great deals on VoodooPainRelief.com right now for Valentine's Day. Give a loved one a sample of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream, which will help their aches, which will help their pains. And you might be getting a little lucky at night if you do that. So go to VoodooPainRelief.com right now for a great supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream and you might get lucky at night. We'll be right back on the Hank Candy Podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Are you gonna go? Uh, are you gonna go beard for the wedding? No, I gotta shave it. Doesn't that hurt? Doesn't that hurt when you shave it? It does. Yeah, when it gets so long. That's why I haven't shaved for a while because I'm just putting it on because it hurts so bad. Oh, I know it. You got to get a clippers first. Clippers. Yeah. Clip it, and then. Normally, I trim. I go trim. Trim, trim, trim. Yeah, I normally should. I trim. Okay. Okay, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Saturday Strong Podcast. Steve Johnson, Minnesota Tim Parachka here. Pebble Beach this week. Uh, and we talked about this before, Tim. If we had to play one round of golf before we called it quits, before the end of our lives, where would you play? And I said, without hesitation, I said Pebble Beach. Hmm. It's the best. It is the best. Yeah, Hank said it was a big bucket list item. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's one of the courses that, I mean, it costs a lot of money to play it. Probably $650. You got to stay at one of the lodge hotels. Got to get tea times way in advance. But anyone can play it. Mm-hmm. Anyone with $650 can play yeah, it. Yeah, I told Hank I told Hank that I would be down there in a heartbeat playing at Pebble Beach as long as he was paying for it. Well, who wouldn't? Right. Who wouldn't? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. All right, so we got. So let's talk about the most valuable player on the golf course, in your opinion, okay. the caddy. And there was a lot of news about the caddy this week. There was a lot of people upset about it. There were some people, I don't know who, but there were some people supporting it. But I saw more people disappointed in the decision to bring rangefinders to the PGA of America Championship. So we got the PGA Championship. There, it looked like there was three PGA of America Championships, and they allowed... They are allowing this year for caddies to use rangefinders on the golf course. Now, this is something that the PGA Tour has been talking about for a long time. It's it's an idea. It's a solution people throw out all the time to improve pace of play. And now we're hearing different reports that, hey, you know, this isn't going to speed up pace of play. This is just going to slow it down because now you got the yardages. Now you got your rangefinder. Now you're going to use both of them. Now you want to make sure they're the exact same. So, so some people are throwing a little hissy fit, um, but Steve, your opinion, your thoughts on rangefinders being allowed at uh, PGA of America events? Well, you know, Tim, rangefinders have been used for for many years in junior golf and college golf. Uh, they've been used. I'm not sure about in Europe if they've been used. Uh, they use them for practice rounds. All of the players in the caddies have rangefinders. During their practice rounds, they're not just pacing them off, you know, stepping off the uh, yardages and and using strings and stuff like that. I mean, they're using technology. I don't know why they didn't use them before, uh, to, to be honest. Other than the fact that, hey, it's part of the tradition. Um, if they're going to allow Green's reading books, they're going to allow you to purchase a, a, a yardage book at the golf course to use in the tournament. You see them in the back pockets of all these players, these big books that give you a lot of detail about sprinkler heads and carries and uh, slopes and things like that. If they're going to use those, why wouldn't they use the, the range finder? And uh, PGA of America, they get it both ways too, because they're probably selling a sponsorship to a, a big range finder company. I mean, a Bausch and Lam, uh, you know, whoever, whoever it is, uh, is probably paying big dollars to be a sponsor of the PGA of America. And it's a nice little, uh, little gift to them to say, Hey, you know, we're going to allow rangefinders. It's just like the deal with the shorts. You know, Hey, we, no one wears shorts. Well, why doesn't anyone wear shorts for, for 
practice rounds and tournaments and all that. It's so dang hot out there. The caddies wear shorts. Why can't the players? Yeah. Well, it's been a long-standing tradition. Yeah. You know, it's a, Get that crap out of here. Yeah, I know it. Just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Oh, I was just gonna. Yeah, I was just gonna read this tweet from John Wood here. So, John Wood is uh, Matt Kuchar's former caddy, and uh, he's got a you know little deal on the Golf Channel where he's walking with the player. He's doing the little Bo- uh, Jim Bones Mackay thing, <clears throat> and he had some thoughts about it on social media on his Twitter account at John Wood. But he spells Wood different. John W O U L D. John Wood. Um, in my opinion, this will slow play down at the highest level. The total yardage to a flag is sometimes the last thing we need. We want covers of swales, bunkers, H20. I don't know what that means. Where we want the ball to land. Players and caddies will do so. H2O is what H2O. it is. H2O. Oh, dang, man. Sure. It said what H20. the heck? A, what? <laughs> It's an H20. It's an H20. Hey, yeah, H20. <laughs> it's H20. H20, buddy. It's H20. Oh, well, there you go. You're, Golly. <laughs> yeah, the great, yeah, the great predictor. At back this back. is a great reader. You yeah. know, this is a, <laughs> it's a pronunciator. There we did go. Did you not take chemistry or anything? <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. Had a, it's early. It's early. Where we, we got H20. H20. We got H20. Where we want the ball to land. Uh, players and caddies will. So do all their calculations, then double-check yardage at the end. If the yardage between the book number, which we have worked off forever, are different from the laser, play will come to a screeching halt while player and caddy try to figure out why there is a discrepancy. Plus, there is skill defining a correct yardage from strange angles, which should be rewarded. Not a fan of this decision for PGA Tour-level play. And I completely disagree with John Wood here. Obviously, he's got more experience of being on the PGA Tour. But if there was a device that told you how far away you were from the hole versus your caddy trying to calculate how far far away you were from the hole wouldn't you think that you would believe the gps device wouldn't you believe a gps on your cell phone over MapQuest from google that was used 25 years ago don't you think you would kind of move along with the times and kind of wake up and follow along and get in with the trends And this is a great decision by the PGA of America. I love that they are standing out, making a difference, changing tradition, changing the values of the game that are integrated since 1877. It's just, I love this this decision. Yeah, and, you know, we see it in other sports too, Tim. We saw it in baseball. The the umpires fought tooth and nail that they they had 99% of all the calls correct, and when they – they did a little check with these uh, this uh, technology that they have that does actually predict or not predict, but uh, it, it evaluates strikes and balls in a certain zone that is always right on. That the umpires were not not very good. We've also done the same thing this year in the Australian Open. Have you been watching the Australian Open tennis, Tim? I have not. Okay, so they have a referee that's sitting up in the in the chair. You you see the referee up there in the I've high seen chair. The referee, yeah. Okay, they have no lines people for this term. Typically, they have linesmen and lineswomen that are making the calls in and out, but now it's all technology. There's no debating the call. The call is correct. You move on. It's actually faster. And I think typically in in the past, the range finders have been, and I've had difficulty with this. I, I know our listeners out there, if you've been using a range finder at all over the last few years, you hold it up, you've got one eye. You're looking like you're trying to trans. <laughs> you're looking up there, and 
you can't, you don't know if you're, you're, you're measuring to the flag stick. You're measuring to that stick, uh, that bush behind the flag. Yeah. I've had issues with that too. Yeah. But I mean, the, the technology is getting a lot better now. A lot of the flag sticks have reflectors on them so you can get very accurate yardages. I think it's a good call. I think it's a, the way that, uh, I think it's actually a way we're going to speed up play. There's nice. no debate. Hey, it's good. It's, it's accurate. Um, it's another thing for them to put in their pockets. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's good. good. Don't yeah. you think this takes away value from the caddy? Do you think this separates the Jim Mo- Bones McKay's of the world, the Stevie Williams of the world versus, let's just say, a bottom tier caddy in the, on the PGA Tour level? Well, you know, in, in, in that respect, maybe. But, you know, somebody's got to go get those yardages. And... Typically, it's the it's the player's responsibility. The caddy is just the check. It's the player's responsibility to say, "Hey, you know, I've I've done my research. I've done my yardages. This is where I want to be. I know what this yardage is. Give me some confirmation, and the caddy can confirm it." Uh, players that 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 depend on the caddy to get caddies are going to make mistakes, just like everybody makes mistakes. So, uh, one thing: the only mistake you can make with a rangefinder is letting the batteries go dead. And that's going to happen. I'm sure that's going to happen out on the golf course. Hey, uh, you know, hey, what's the yardage there, uh, John? Gosh, Matt, uh, the, the battery went dead. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's why you they know. got their yardage book, too. They'll yeah, have both out so. there. All right. Good stuff. All right. Let's go to – let's take a break. We'll talk about Kepka and Spieth next and maybe some Valentines. I got some – yeah, well, maybe we'll open up with Valentines. Maybe they'll be our Big Dick McGee of the Week, our Valentine's Day gifts for our loved ones. All right. Go to uh, HaneyUniversity.com right now for free daily golf tips. You can also send in your golf swings to golf schools with an S at HankHaney.com where you can receive a free game plan and analysis. But you can also sign up for Hank's free newsletter at HaneyUniversity.com, which also has great practice aids for you, like an impact snap, indoor gear to hit balls into, putting things so you can improve your putting. I guess Dustin Johnson uses the same one. So go to Haney University for all that good stuff. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never seen before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is that that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. We're going to count into every segment. <laughs> We're counting. Right. Three, two, one. <laughs> segment number three. Yes. Yeah. And Tim, you know what? Uh, you, you mentioned in the little ad there, the little read that you did about the Haney University. The pros at, well, actually, I've been working with Swing U, who's affiliated with Hank. I've been working with uh, Hank's team at Haney University. And here they're coming up with a platform for the for the people that subscribe to Haney University where they can send videos, unlimited videos. Mm -hmm. They can save a video in their own locker. We send them videos, coached videos. It's a, it's a great interactive. I mean, we started this about 20 years ago. It took, it was very painful to send a video. Now it's so easy within uh, two clicks, a Haney University subscriber can send videos at will and we'll, we'll help them. See how on the golf course practicing, hitting like you're doing today. You're going to be in the garage hitting into a net because it's like minus 17 degrees up in Minnesota. It is negative uh, 17. You know, yeah. here we have the, the the covers are on the greens too. We've got a, a tremendous cold spell going right down the middle of the United States. And uh, uh, it's, it's it's amazing that the weather is as good over there in uh, Northern California, Pebble Beach area, because it, uh, it looked great yesterday. I can't wait till today. Yeah. Yeah, I look pretty good with a beard, don't I? Do I look okay with the beard? I was just looking at myself well, in the squad cast, and I think I look pretty good. Well, are you going to go with uh, the beard? Well, you've got kind of you've got a nice goatee going. You've got the uh, a lot of the hair it's wash, a lot of hair right under your chin. This is like USGA rough right here. Yeah, and it's it's US Open rough, and then you've got uh, you've got a little goatee going down, a little mustache with the handles going down to the goatee. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Uh, and then on the side, you got uh, waste area there. You got no, <laughs> yeah. you got no game there. You got zero game. Yeah, I got some waste area. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Uh, I would not recommend that for pictures in the wedding. No, I'm no, gonna no. shave. Yeah, it'll take yeah. a little bit of time, but I'm gonna yeah. shave. All right. So Valentine's Day, I got I got something nice for my woman. 
Did you do you do you do Valentine's Day? Are you a Valentine's you know guy? I mean, you guys have been married for a long time. It's got the you know the excitement has to wear off a little bit, don't it, you? Think? It doesn't wear. The, here's the thing that it, some people like getting their own stuff, and like when they get a gift, oh, thank you so much, I appreciate the gift, and then it gets returned. Yeah, you know because it wasn't uh, wasn't exactly the right size, nor was it. Uh, I'm, I've uh, the safety the safety play gift card, and this is no 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 no. Safety yeah, play. That's a safety play. Well, that, that that's that's a that's a last minute resort desperation play. Is <laughs> yeah. what that is. That's uh, that's like Patrick Mahomes uh, falling down and trying to throw a touchdown and hitting the guy. You were right, right, right by the way, on that prediction. Yeah, you doubt me. But <laughs> the the safety play is a gift card. That's uh, not a lot of imagination. Here's the play that I, I think that has worked, and my wife has appreciated. You can't take it back. You just got to enjoy it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Lingerie. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about flowers. Oh, no. That's too obvious. Not not necessarily. But I'm telling you what, flowers are a winner. It's not necessarily necessarily roses. My wife likes wildflowers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I'll go to Whole Foods. I'll go to a, yeah, yeah, I'll go to a, uh, a natural place that has some nice flowers. I'll do an arrangement. I'll bring them home and boom. It's appreciated. Mm, okay. So that that's that's the winner. Gift Sweet. card. That's desperation. Yeah, I've got a couple ideas. So I already okay. bought one. I got uh, I bought some earrings, some nice okay. earrings. Going with the nice earrings. Our, this is our first Valentine's Day together. You know, we're getting married in like 113 days. We're so excited. We're counting it down. Counting it down. Counting it down until yeah, it's it's going to be great. Um, so I'm going with the earrings, and then. This is where I like to get creative. This is where I like to have some fun because Valentine's Day, you want it to be great. Earrings are good, uh, but you also want it to be memorable, funny, inside jokes. So I'm going to write a little note saying one free all body massage anytime, non refundable. (laughs) (laughs) So that way she gets enjoyment out of it. I get enjoyment out of it. We're laughing, we're joking. You know, it would be funny. So you give her that gift card and she says, Ooh, that's very nice. I think I'm going to give it to Grammy. I think I'm going to give it to my, <laughs> oh my grandma. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <Are> you there? <laughs> <laughs> You're there massaging your grandma, what, your mother in law. Yeah. Here, here, here are these hot rocks, Grammy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? We're going to put these hot rocks on your back. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And then I'm going to, I'm going to walk on your back. <laughs> Oh my God, this is unbelievable. All right, well, anyway, okay, Valentine's, Valentine's, that's enough for Valentine's. Yeah, so Kepka won last week. You don't like Kepka, but yet you still picked him on your PGA Tour draft team. I'm still trying to figure that one out. And you made a big comeback last week because Hank was at nine and a half. I was at seven and a half, and you were at like one and a half, but then you got a big five and a half for winning. You got a big five points for winning. And I think the score is, I think I said it wrong before, I think it's eight and a half, Hank. Seven and a half you, and then seven and a half me. So okay. we're all within striking distance of coming out on top. But we're coming up to the big tournaments, too. We're coming up to, we've got L.A. coming up. Then we've got the players. Uh, we've got Augusta in 60 days. Um, the reason I picked Kepka is because I, I'm a great coach, and I picked the best team. I, I, it wasn't about personalities. <laughs> I mean, I can work with a guy. I, I don't mind in our team meetings, the team meetings that we have. <laughs> Hey, he's a, he's a good listener. 
Funny. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he wants to win. And he saw that we were going, that we were way back. And uh, he didn't feel too good after what he went miss the cut. What what event did he miss? American the cut Express. At? Ooh, that he was missed tough. The last three cuts actually. He missed the American Express. Um, the tournament before that too. I think he missed the cut at. He missed three cuts in a row. Yeah, my my man Scotty Scheffler too. He was the he was one of the. I think he was my third or fourth pick. Uh, he's he was up there too in that last tournament. Yeah. I should have gotten some points off him too. Yeah, so. you did. Yeah, you got some points okay, off Scotty Scheffler. So yeah, you're good. looking good. Kepka, do you think he's back? You know what? I think his ba- he's as back as he's ever going to get. I mean, he's going to be a streaky player. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, I, I still don't know if he's over his the the physical issues. He looks like a guy. He doesn't look as strung as tight as like a Jason Day, who always looks like he's going to be injured uh, by bending over and tying his shoe. He's just so tight. Uh, Brooks Kepka has been working on it. His body's changed a little bit. He's got a little bit softer too. He's gained a little bit of weight. They showed some pictures this last week when he did win at Phoenix, when the waste management, they showed him winning his first tournament. Man, he looked good. He was lean. He was mean. He was, he was more like a Tim Parachka lean rather than all puffed up Bryson DeChambeau. And I, I think if for longevity's sake, the guy's already got, even when he was skinny, he had a lot of distance, like a, Justin Thomas. By the way, how's his uh, how's his brand doing right now? <laughs> Not too good. Not too good. Yeah. Not too good. Not too good. Uh, I was wondering if he was going to still wear polo, but I'm not oh. sure what he's. I'm not sure what he's wearing right I now. I think he's going blank polo right now. But it, it, it seems like Kepka's a ticking time bomb. You know, he opened up in a golf.com article talking about how he had some really down moments trying to re- recover from this knee injury, recover from these stem cell stuff and all these things and he looks great now but i mean let's not forget he just missed three straight cuts um he looked great in phoenix the shots that he hit down the stretch at those par fives and uh, the chip in he had at 17 it was just absolutely remarkable it's what major championship players do it's what players do at the end when they take their game to new levels so kepka still got the ability to take his game to a new level but you wonder about the consistency that he can do it at because I mean, the injury, he's had so many injuries and they're not going away. You know, I mean, they can, they can go off in the distance a little bit, but eventually they start making their way back. Yeah. And, you know, his putting hasn't been very good either. So you, you put together physical issues, orthopedic issues with uh, game, critical parts of his game, not, not in uh, very good shape. And I think he's going to be streaky this year. I, I, it just really depends on his motivation. Does he want to really be the, one of the top players or does he just want to be a flash in the pan? Yeah. Now he's going to be a Hall of Famer. His putting has been better this year. I mean, his putting has been better. It, he's 16th in strokes gained putting so far this year compared to 144th last year. But, uh, I mean, we're not through a full season, so we'll see where that statistic goes. But it is a whole lot better through seven events in 2021. Well, that's good. That's good. Because, I mean, that one of the the things about his game before was, man, his putting, especially inside of 15 feet, was pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, he made a lot of putts. Mm-hmm. Made a lot especially of saving in majors. Putts. Yeah. yeah. Especially in majors. You, you could always ramp that game up. Okay. So, quick takes on Jordan Spieth. He finished last week in the top 10. He's tied for seventh after the first round in Pebble Beach. Uh, he shot seven under par in the first round, three shots behind Patrick Cantley. 
I'll give you a minute on Jordan Spieth because it's becoming podcast tradition. I've got to poop. I'll start my I'll start my I'll start my stopwatch. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna stall. I'm stalling. <laughs> Dean I'm Smith, st- four corners Oh offense. my gosh. I got the stopwatch going. Okay. All right. Well we uh, five seconds. We're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to reschedule the the Saturday Strong podcast because we we I don't want to be limited by your you know your personal needs my bowel movements yeah so <laughs> Jordan Spieth seven under um, I heard an interesting story about Jordan Spieth and his coach Cameron McCormick uh, when when Jordan said he was going to go see Butch Harmon uh, I heard Cameron got chapped and we talked about this before it hurts when it's over or when it's changing. And you you don't have quite the voice that you used to have uh, influence. It, it it hurts, and it hurt Cameron uh, Cameron McCormick. It doesn't surprise you. It would hurt me too. Um, but Butch said, I mean, Butch is a get along guy. He says, Hey, well, come on, come on over. You can come too. You can uh, we'll get to we'll collaborate. And but Cameron said, won't get the credit. Well, that's true. But I mean, it's not about Cameron. It shouldn't be about Cameron. It should be about your player. It should but be about Cameron's the guy. all about Cameron, though. Cameron wants the credit. He's stuck nah, with them for this. I long. don't know. I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that because I mean, I've known Cameron just a little bit. He's, he teaches here in Dallas. He's always been very nice. He's just like any teacher. He wants uh, he wants to have success. He's had a lot of success. Um, got a little greedy on this success. Uh, you know, he's, he's teaching all, all these players in different tours and junior players. And I mean, you got to decide what you want to be. Are you going to be a tour teacher? Are you going to be a developer of players coming on to, uh, you know, getting college scholarships, playing junior golf? Are you going to be an LPGA teacher? You can't be everything. And it kind of got a, he got ahead. He got over his skis a little bit too much. And when the wheels started falling off the Jordan Spieth game, he couldn't get him back on. And uh, Cameron McCormick said, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to go to Vegas. I'm not going to watch. Good luck. And you know what? Jordan Spieth's swing does look better. The club is not as far across the line at the top. Uh, Now, on Sunday, typically it's a Saturday uh, debacle that uh, all these bad shots show up. But Sunday hits two balls in the water on 18 or on on the back nine. And uh, it costs them. It costs them. John McGinnis um, on his Sirius XM show, Katrick and McGinnis on tap, um, he said that he thinks Jordan Spieth is 75 to 90% there after today's round at the AT&T Pro-Am. He said, if he gets another chance to win another golf tournament, I think he does it. So John McGinnis is high on Jordan Spieth's form right now. Um, where are you on Jordan Spieth? Are you high on him? Are you? Is there still some doubt just because it's still so early and he's only played one good event and one round? So far in the second event, where are you at with Spieth? Well, I mean, they're playing favorable conditions right now. The green speeds are not ridiculously fast. Um, he's a great putter. Uh, it's not a formula that you can win the, the, the really tough, like Augusta. You've got to be able to hit your ball. You've got to be able to control the spin. You've got to be able to control the trajectory. You've got to have distance control in your putting. When those greens get fast, man, it is much more difficult to control the distance because of the slopes. Uh, I think his putting, you, you can't depend on on making 30 footers every round and chipping in every round. I mean, these guys are great players. Jordan Spieth is, is one of the top. Uh, I mean, I hate to put a percentage, 75%. Hey, let's see it. Let's, let's see how long it takes him to win. It's three and a half years, no wins. Uh, Xander Shoffley, they talk about him being in a, uh, in a slump. He can't win. 
I mean, the guy's got uh, a dozen or so second place finishes, which I mean, for the pocketbook, for the bank account, it's great. Uh, but I think both of those guys want to be great players. It's not about the money for either one of those two guys. And I think Jordan Spieth is going to continue to work hard. I'm not sure if he's 75% or if he's 60 or 50% back. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll see here pretty soon at, uh, the, the first, the, the wannabe major, the players championship is coming up pretty soon. And, uh, we'll, we'll see what, uh, where his game actually is. Yeah, this is Jordan Spieth's probably best opportunity to to win. I mean, he's got a good history here. He won at Pebble Beach in 2017. Last year, he topped 10 here, and everyone thought he was back, and then he fell off the face of the earth again. And then um, the field is absolutely horrible. I mean, Patrick Hanley is the highest-ranked player in the field, and there's like three or four players in the top 50 of the world golf rankings. Jordan Spieth was one of the favorites to win this event. He was like the sixth favorite. And when's the last time Jordan Spieth has been that high entering a golf tournament? So uh, we'll see what happens, but you need to hold your horses a little bit until Jordan Spieth faces the big-time competition um, on the PGA Tour. That's true, but it does go in waves, though, too, Tim, because when a guy's on a, on a, on a wave of playing good, on a good playing, like Jordan Spieth last week, didn't finish like he wanted to, uh, but that takes a lot of positives. He knows that course. Uh, we've got, like you said, I mean, the the field is I hate to say the field is weak, but in the top eleven players, <laughs> it's terrible. And, and you look at eleventh place and and under. You got twenty one guys at eleventh place and under. You got Daniel Berger up there. Uh, you don't have any these these younger guys, the guys that haven't won a lot. Man, there is a lot of pressure to win, especially coming in uh, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen at Pebble Beach. Uh, the weather can is, is going to be a factor. Russell Knox is up there. He's tied for sixth. There's no top 10 players in the world playing this. No, game. no. Yeah. Well, you got to say, hey, you know what, Jordan Spieth, if he can just hold it together, he can make some putts, yeah. he could be there. Yeah, Cantley's going off right now on PGA Tour events. So hopefully, I mean, what he did at the American Express final round and what he's continuing to do here at AT&T Pebble Beach, Cantley's going off. So it will be a challenge for Spieth to overcome what he's doing right now on golf courses. All right, Steve, thanks for joining. Appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for listening. Follow all of us on Twitter at Hank Kenny at Great Predictor One for Steve Johnson. He's rolling right now in his, in his NFL predictions. He's 2 0, his last two predictions Tampa Bay Buccaneers over Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Chiefs. I said the Chiefs would beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by double digits. I was right in the double digit category. I was just wrong on the team. Everybody, stay safe, stay healthy. Leave the flag stick in, make putts, hit bombs. We'll talk to you next week. The Great Predictor in Minnesota, Tim Parashka. We out, Grandma. I'm coming. <laughs> and I'm going to count us out. Three, two, <laughs> one. We're <laughs> out. Well, you've got kind of you've got a nice goatee going. You've got the uh, a lot of the hair. It's wash. A lot of hair right under your chin. This is like USGA rough right here. Yeah, and it's, it's US Open rough. And then you've got... Uh, you got a little goatee going down, a little mustache with the handles going down to the goatee. Yeah. That looks pretty good. Uh, and then on the side, you got uh, waist area there. You got no <laughs> yeah. you got no game there. You got zero game. Yeah, I got some waist area. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not good. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.